0: Welcome to this Varzila podcast. I am Atte Palomaki, and in this episode, we meet Pete Seglinski, the co founder of the Seabin Project, a bold initiative to fight plastic pollution in the maritime environment. Welcome over the phone lines from Australia, Pete.
1: Oh, thank you, Atte. Thank you for having me.
0: The Seabin, it's in practice a floating trash can which sucks surface water and collects garbage in it. Um, you know how and when did you come up with this idea
1: uh yeah yeah so it's uh basically a floating garbage can that is kind of crossed between a a pool skimmer and then we put it in the water and uh so my business partner andrew turton is the inventor and he he invented the uh the the sea bin and he used the very lateral thinking of uh you know if we have rubbish bins on land why don't we put them in the water and uh, he come up with this maybe about eight to ten years ago but uh, you know when when we met up and he told me about it we didn't get very well we didn't get serious until uh, November 2015 and then um, we did a crowdfunding campaign to I guess get the seed funding to get this project off the ground and and so from January 2016, uh, that was when we got serious uh, with the project.
0: Okay, and uh, you know, once getting serious with the project, what happened then? How, how fast did it really emerge from there?
1: Uh, not very fast at all, to be honest. <laughs> um, when we did the crowdfunding campaign, we were quite clear that uh, the money that we raised, which was uh, $362,000, would would be used to develop the commercial product, which was uh, a two-year period, and uh, and so yeah, it wasn't very quick to be to uh, you know to to get off the ground, but uh, but we did get a lot of attention from the viral video, and then um, obviously we uh, you know the the team, your team from you know Vartzilla got in contact, and then you know we could really start to get some traction and really put a game plan in place, so. Yeah, it was a bit of a slow start, but uh it it was definitely beneficial for the long term.
0: Vertila joined forces with you as a pilot partner starting in two thousand seventeen. So uh you know having a corporate joining forces with you, what was the significance of that?
1: <laughs> um <laughs> the significance of a corporate joining was um was just it was the it it was either make or break for us because uh You know, we didn't tell you at the time, but we we had this crowdfunding money that was slowly uh, diminishing. It was disappearing, and we didn't have a product. And so, um, you know, when when Vartzilla uh, got involved, it meant that, um, you know, we, we could really stay alive. And it was also extremely flattering that such a big corporation with a big footprint was talking to a small startup that didn't even have a product, but we had a big idea. And so the leap of faith from such a a huge company was was really, I don't know, reassuring. And uh, the biggest thing for us was when Vartzilla got in contact with us, we didn't actually really know what Vartzilla did. And so we did a lot of Googling and we slowly started to find out that this was like this... But Silla was like a big gentle giant that was basically transforming the shipping industry to be more sustainable, and I can't think of a of a greater challenge than than this. So uh, yeah, it was a really it was a it was a really big milestone and turning point uh, in our journey as as Seabin project.
0: Yeah, I must say that on the Vertila, and uh, we really found this to be a perfect fit, and uh, and also in our own company development, wanting to understand and learn from startups how they think, how agile they are, how fast they are in the development. So definitely, it's a, it was a win-win situation in that that our team got a lot of uh, you know great inspiration and ideas, also also from your end. Moving forward from there. Um, you were able then to turn the pilot into a commercial product and, uh, and and start scaling up. So where is the CBin project today?
1: Yeah, so so with the help of the pilot partnership with Vartzilla, um, you know, that really kick-started us uh, you know, in terms of credibility and, and funding and a, a few other things, and we, we were really Um, quite transparent and asked a lot of questions because there was some of the best engineers in the world working with Vartzilla and there still is and um, you know, so we got a good bit of feedback from there and uh, So we started off with well, we started off with one seabin and we in the last uh, 18 months we we now have about 900 seabins that are in the water in 52 countries uh, which which is pretty astounding for such a short period of time, uh, but probably the best thing was uh, we started off with the pilot partnership with Vartzilla, and then it uh, kind of extended into another uh, campaign where you know there was do- uh, C bins uh, installed in all the Vartzilla locations in something like twenty oh, what was it thirty two countries or something.
0: Actually, forty all in all, forty devices.
1: Well, wow. Yeah, I mean that that for us was amazing, and that's really enabled us to, you know, create new contacts and um, connections, and and really get our foot in the door into countries that possibly wouldn't have um, you know reached uh, on the scaling timeline.
0: I must say that from our end, also the uh, the you know the positive feedback from the community when installing the devices and. Uh, telling about their impact, it has been really tremendous and uh, I'm very pleased to see that how strongly the people take in such activity and, and they become very, very engaged. So I assume that this is also a big part of the uh, the SeaBeam project, not just the factual garbage that is being collected, but also changing the mindsets of people.
1: Yeah, I mean, a- absolutely. You know, you have, uh, if there's 53 countries that we operate in now and uh, the different cultures and the different mindsets and uh, and all of this is, um, you know, it's quite challenging but something that we, I feel that we've, you know, really started to rise to the occasion with and, you know, just a couple of statistics. Um, with the 860 sea bins that are in the water at the moment, uh, every day those sea bins are collecting uh, 3.6 tons of marine litter and uh, every day the the 860 units are filtering over 500 million liters of water for microplastics and oil and uh, plastic fibers and and so you know we started with one and then through incremental scaling that's when we start to see a bit more of an impact
0: and i take that also this uh you know having the uh, the microplastics and the oils and such that was something that you only found out during the way that you these devices would also be able to collect you know this type of garbage so it has you know developed along the way
1: yeah absolutely i mean we started off like oh you know it's a garbage bin and we're just going to collect garbage and then we realized that we could um you know developed the filter to start to collect the microplastics and we even we further developed the filter to uh to collect microfibers. so the current filters are two millimeters um two millimeters by two millimeters and then uh just on you know we thought let's see how far we can take it and so we developed a uh, a second uh, filtration unit that was uh, filtering at 335 microns uh, which you know we started to see the plastic um, you know the micro fibers sorry not the not the plastic but yeah but this you know the whole journey has just been an amazing personal development and business development and, and product development kind of, of well journey in yeah.
0: So how about then the uh, the plastic that is being collected? And what can be done with that, and what can one learn from it?
1: Yeah, that's you know that's a really good question. We're kind of you know we're we're, we're still pretty young, and we only have uh there is four of us full time, and uh, we have three part time. So, you know, we've run a bit of a skeleton operation, and what that means is that uh, we don't have the resources to do everything that we want. So, uh, currently, the control over the plastics and the and the debris that the sea bins are collecting is uh, the responsibility of the clients and and that may vary uh, from country to country or region to region uh, just based on what the waste services uh, are available and so we know that uh, for example in in some of the eastern european countries they don't have recycling set up and so this uh, the, the plastics and the debris that is getting collected is thrown into a landfill or it's being burnt but we also know that in California or New Zealand and Australia and uh, some other places in, you know, Finland, for example, there is quite uh, advanced waste services available and recycling. And so the bigger stuff that is easy uh, to collect is being recycled, but the smaller stuff like the microplastics, which is uh, mixed with all the the rest of the litter, this is the greatest challenge. But you know, currently we're in a bit of a scaling phase where we're bringing on uh, you know some seed capital and just trying to close the loop or have a transparent you know process of what to do with the plastics is this is one of the next priorities for us
0: as as you said you are raising now capital and and uh, one way of doing it is is uh, allowing people to you know come and join the movement and and buy shares of the company that's something very recent so how how has the initial response for that been
1: uh, it's it's been pretty amazing. Um, within the first week, we've just raised one point two million dollars from uh, one thousand and forty investors, and the majority of these investors have never bought shares in their life. They've it's uh, first time investors, you know. So what what we did, we were, we were very strategic with this uh, equity raise. We have had some offers that were quite substantial, but we never really found the right partner or we didn't I guess we didn't even know what we were really worth and uh, so we kind of held off a little bit from taking on investment until we literally got our first financial year you know this the sales spreadsheet to really understand what our capabilities were and also just to give us some credibility because you know putting the garbage bin in the water is kind of new uh, it's it's pretty obvious thing to do but it's also it hasn't been done before and so you know there is a lot of skepticism of is this legit and so we really wanted just a bit of credibility and and the strategy behind this is that the more shareholders that we can get involved the bigger the voice we can use to lobby the decision makers um so you know for example if there's one shareholder it's just one person you know that we have to to help assist when we talk to the cities or the governments but if we have a you know, 1,000 or 3,000 shareholders that's when we can really start to activate the communities and, and really start to lobby for solutions and uh, yeah so so it's going pretty well we still have three weeks left
0: and I assume also that you know those 900 devices that you've installed around the world they each and every one of them act as lighthouses reminding the community and of course having them at marinas and yacht clubs and places of high visibility. That's a you know very impactful way to raise awareness on on a local scale and also then get interest into the Seabin project globally.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we have a bit of a strange business model where we are, uh, I guess, we're for uh, well, we're profit for purpose, um, and then the mission statement is a, a little bit. It's a little bit strange as well. And it's, uh, you know, to live in a world without the need for sea bins because, uh, you know, our opinion is that we shouldn't really have plastics in the water. If we were smarter, we, we wouldn't be throwing plastic away and it wouldn't be in the water. And if we were smarter, we wouldn't have a need for sea bins. And so, you know, our kind of, I guess, our communications all revolves around the need for education, prevention, and awareness. Uh, but at the same time, we still need cleanup, so we focus on cleanup, prevention, awareness, education, and the greatest. I think one of the, the most powerful elements of the CBN technology is the visual communication. Uh, you know, it's upstream; the the community can see it, and they can see what's in the water, and and we're measuring it as well, so we can we, we're providing impact reports on on what's in the water. So. You know for us the visual communication is extremely important and and this is really what's going to turn off the tap to the plastics that are entering the water
0: yes that's extremely extremely important and uh and obviously now that you're getting the uh, uh fresh injection of financing uh I'm, I'm sure that you are full of ideas on how to take this to the next level so would you be able to open up a bit on no, perhaps some of the innovation processes or uh, or uh, globalization processes that you have ongoing
1: yeah absolutely um i just we just finished a meeting just before about this and uh so our, our target is to raise three million dollars and with this we know that we can uh, optimize our business operations so the um, the reasoning behind this first uh, you know, element of uh, how we use the funding is that we have to be efficient with what we do, what we currently do if we were to scale up and so with that we have uh, some key hires, uh, we have a uh, international sales and distribution executive position that we need to fill and then we have a marketing and community social media Um, manager's position because we are very community based and it's visual communication is how we operate. Um, The second one is uh, we are designing new products which um, include both the hardware and also uh, services. So what we found is that uh, you know the C bins they're amazing and they're great and they work very well they're very efficient but they do need maintenance and they do need service and so we found that a lot of the cities that we speak to and the governments, they, don't, they, they want a full package. They want, a, they want the, the hardware, but they also want a contracting service to clean them, to, to do the daily upkeep and to do the data. And so part of the scaling is to really put together a, 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 an impact package where we can um, you know, provide these services and this is where we're going to see the greatest um, you know, the, the greatest return on investment um, with a recurring revenue stream uh, you know which in turn we can get a return on investment to the shareholders and uh, and then the third one is uh, we're going to be reshoring our manufacturing uh, from from France back to Australia for the development of the next C bin which uh, we're calling the 6.0 and With that, uh, we're moving away from rotational moulding into injection moulding so that we can have a far superior and accurate product. We can lower the carbon footprint by reducing up to 70% of the steel components that is currently being used. we are introducing uh, sensor capabilities into the sea bins, so we can start to take some basic uh, measurements of salinity, water temperature, um, pH levels and a few other things. Uh, and then uh, probably the most exciting thing for us as well is that we've partnered up with a company called Boreo uh, who are providing us with recycled fishing nets where we can build our products out of... Um, you know fishing nets and and we can start to phase out the uh, virgin plastics and uh, so yeah these are the kind of these are the three main elements of of the next steps for us and and how we scale up
0: well you certainly are keeping yourselves busy with that
1: <laughs> yeah
0: with only a handful of people i i assume that that uh, you know it, it it is it is quite time consuming and uh, frustrating at times would you have any you know thoughts to share on you know how, how you keep it all together for for you know future innovators who have something on their mind on you know how to really start making it possible and scalable
1: yeah i mean oh, i could talk forever on this but i'm not going to um so when, when i when we started this it was literally just me uh for about a year and a half and um and i really had to evaluate myself on my own strengths and weaknesses and my weakness just happened to be business <laughs> and uh you know we're starting a business but my business was uh my weakness was the um you know business and so i needed to you know find a way to i guess compensate for that and then this is my third reinvention i was an industrial designer in my first career the second career was a uh, boat builder for the America's Cup yacht racing, and uh, this is my third reinvention. And so, I didn't want to reinvent myself again to be a sales and distribution guy uh, or a manufacturer. And so, we looked out, uh, we 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 reached out, and we found you know companies that we could do a joint venture or a partnership with. And this was how we scaled up using uh, you know two or three employees and we you know our our sales and distribution network is uh 32 sales agents uh operating on commission uh, sorry commission base you know so we're not out of pocket uh you, we are scaling we have uh, the sales and uh, uh distribution in the 52 countries but you know we're really i guess it's delegation and project management is how you can do this on a shoestring um and uh yeah i I guess that's the i guess that's the greatest takeaway of of how a startup can operate
0: using uh you know next to zero budget oh that's really an amazing case of uh you know showing the importance of taking the you know the jump of faith and uh and believing that one can reinvent oneself so thank you for sharing
1: oh yeah and, and staying positive uh I think that is actually the greatest takeaway because there is a lot of moments where you really doubt yourself or you doubt the business or you doubt the product or, you know, you even you doubt your future and if you can stay positive and bust through that, that's what's going to keep you, you know, staying alive and afloat and, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we, we found a lot of people that approached us for support. They really like the business but they also like the positivity of the team and the authenticity and, you know, if, if, if somebody with a startup has real confidence, you know, that, that can rub off onto somebody else that would like to support you. And so, I, you know what, I think that's the greatest takeaway actually, is staying positive and having that confidence in what you do.
0: Very, very, very true. You know, to end this, I'd you know, like to hear if you have any, you know, parting thoughts on how we all as individuals can take tangible actions to fight pollution.
1: Yeah, um, you know the look for us. Uh, what we found is that the uh, the problem of ocean plastics is is everybody's problem because everybody is a consumer. Everybody buys stuff, and this all contributes to the pollution problem in one way or another. Um, you know and and so if everybody is part of the problem then we need to have everybody as part of the solution and so everybody has the power to do something and the power to do something could include uh, using a reusable water bottle or a a reusable shopping bag and refusing plastic straws or refusing single-use plastics and so the only way that we're going to win the war on plastic pollution is with everybody contributing in one way or another and you know even the smallest contribution starts to add up so yeah i think that's a good call to action is uh, just everybody you know taking accountability for their own actions and and that will start to add up and that will be the solution and it's gonna it's gonna take some time it's not an overnight a solution. It's not an overnight fix, and there is no perfect solution anyway. So, just a little bit of patience and accountability, and I think we can win this.
0: Thank you so much, Pete, for this interview. It's really been a pleasure, and I wish the best of success for you and the CBN project.
1: Thank you, Ate and thank you, everybody at Vartzilla, for you know the ongoing support and uh, you know faith in in our little startup. <laughs>